You are listening to episode 16 of the InspireWire podcast. Welcome, Welcome to, to the InspireWire, Inspire a, a podcast, podcast where ideas are exchanged, exchanged worlds are traveled, and life is experienced. This is the InspireWire with your host, Tom Murphy. All right, everyone. Welcome to episode 16. Our guest this week is Gretchen Klempa from Gretchen and the Pickpockets, a jazz rock soul band, and they're based out of New Hampshire, and they're playing around the New England area, mostly Boston and New Hampshire, and we talk about a lot of things, their band, um, her interests, their passion, their things that they got coming up, and more. So let's go straight to the interview. You're in a band. I'm sure that's like incredibly uh, difficult to schedule and everything like that. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I mean, it. I remember actually being, um, I think, at Great Scott one time. I was able to see you guys um, in the brief time that I lived with Tommy and uh, and Matt. But other than that, I didn't really get to uh, see you guys. But what I saw was really cool. So I definitely wanted to get to interview you at least just you and kind of see uh what it's like to you know have yeah. a band and everything yeah but um i guess just to start maybe um tell me a little bit about how how's it going how the band is going it seems like you guys are really doing a lot right now yeah we um in general we are a little less busy with shows we haven't been playing as many shows because um, we've been recording a lot this year so we've just been working on an album actually since last October, and okay. it's probably going to be out this September. Okay, um, and this would be the third album? This would be our fourth. Fourth, okay. Our second full length. All right. And we didn't really count the first one, so yeah, we can say the, the third. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, and this one, um, what's it called? Do you know, do you, oh, you guys don't know yet? No. Oh, nice though. That's cool. That's cool. Um, so, and you guys, your band is called Gretchen and the Pickpockets. For those who don't know Gretchen, and um, uh, one thing I wanted to ask was the um, origin of the name. Yeah. Um, so I grew up on Pickpocket Road in Pickpocket Woods with my brother, um, and when we first started as a band, we practiced in my barn in the backyard, which was in Pickpocket Woods. Yeah. And we couldn't come up with a name for, like, a year. It was, like, Gretchen Clump of Music or, like, something lame. Yeah. And my dad was like, oh, what about the Pickpockets? Pickpockets. <laughs> and we were like, okay, Dad, shut up. We don't like that name. Yeah. And we couldn't figure out anything better, and so it ended up being Gretchen the Pickpockets. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's a cool name for sure. Is Pickpocket Woods, like, the town you lived in? No, I grew up in Exeter. Okay, yeah. Exeter. All right, yeah. Um, but that yeah, that's interesting. It kind of flows with you know I don't know I guess the style of uh you know the persona you guys have because it seems like um from any videos I've seen and just the style of your band it's kind of a throwback almost kind of an old style yeah. in a yeah. sense. Yeah. And, what, and that was the inspiration. Did you guys 
did you guys want to go along with that name or or did you guys know you wanted to have that old feel and st- and style um i don't think we knew at first at first when we became a band we were like pretty heavy like rock we were more rocky um so we've kind of been a lot of genres i think it's definitely been a challenge for us picking like a sound and i think it's a lot of bands have a lot of trouble with this um like being like concise and picking what you're good at and like doing only that um which is something we're kind of learning right now and we're dealing with so i don't think like the old time feel has always been really um was there an original thought but i think it definitely has over the years been very present yeah and i think we're gonna try to hone in that a little bit more Okay. In the future. So, um, and with the way it's progressed, so you initially, you considered you guys to be more of a rock style, and in the future, you you still are trying to, you know, keep a mixture of songs, obviously, but, like, you want to, you know, gravitate towards a, I don't know, it's hard to define, like you said, but... I guess if you had to say what you guys are looking to or what kind of sound you guys are looking to create, what would you say that is? Um, I would say we are tr- we would try from now on, I think, to focus on like um, kind of like like big band jazz, horns, that kind of stuff, like soul. Yeah. Um, yeah, and- that, that's cool. Yeah, I think that's what our goal would be. Yeah, so you guys have, in the band, you have, um, you know, you're, you're the lead singer. You have a drummer, obviously, guitar, bass. Do you, and you also have um, a trumpet and trombone, or is that right? Or So currently we have a trumpet player, Ryan, and he's been in the band every, since we began. Um, and then we recently just added... Um, a sixth member, and his name's Diego, and he plays saxophone, and he's awesome. Okay, nice. Yeah. Yeah, so that really rounds it out and gives you guys more of that, you know, the brass instruments. That That's yeah. cool. That's a cool little um, twist, you know, and I think that definitely helps, you know, the style of where you guys are going, and um, it's cool to see that in, you know, a young new band, and I'm sure you get a lot of positive feedback from a lot of your fans and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, so um uh what have been the last few and maybe the upcoming uh shows that you guys have done? Is it more it's definitely more Boston cuz you guys are living in Boston. All of you guys live in Boston, I presume, right? Um half of us actually live in New Hampshire and then half of us live in Boston, so it's pretty split actually. Okay. Yeah, it's like 3 and 3. Um we practice every Tuesday in New Hampshire. Um, but yeah, our shows are definitely Boston based. I would say like our, um, like fan base is definitely more Boston now than, than New Hampshire, but we definitely like appreciate what New Hampshire kind of did for us in the beginning, you know? Yeah. And, and I'm sure the fact that you guys have, um, you know, a split in that sense geographically, it's a lot more difficult to schedule and things like that. And you guys definitely have to be committed to the band, obviously. Yeah. And especially when you're creating an album, you know, that that's a lot of work in itself, not to mention all the shows you guys are doing. Yeah, it's definitely a big commitment. But everyone in the band is really committed, and everyone's been in it for years, so it's 
it's pretty special, I think. Yeah, and the fact that you guys are able to continue to produce music, it, it definitely will just make it even more stronger in that sense. And, and uh, is that the plan to, you know, continue to grow it as, as much as possible? I'm, I know, like, that's always an issue when, um, right. you know, I don't know, how long have you guys uh, had the band going? So we've been a band for, like, four years. Okay, four years. Yeah, and that and that's a long time to stay committed to, you know, what what originally was, you know, kind of a, I guess a side project is something that is in your free time and and that's something that, you know, I don't know, not many people are able to maintain something that for that long in a in a group because things you know, things change, you know. Yeah. And I mean, things have definitely changed over the years. Um and I think at the end of the day, like we all do want this band to hopefully be a career one day, but I think we all know that, you know, that may not happen. And for every band, it may not happen for every band. You know what I mean? It is a lot of hard work. It's a lot of luck. It's a lot of X, Y, and Z. But I think at the end of the day, we all enjoy each other's company and we're all family. And at the end of the day, if we're playing to an empty room, like we still have fun because we're playing together. And I think that's really important. And at this point, we are like family and, you know, and a band is like a relationship. I always say like some years it's great and everyone's on the same page and everyone's happy and everyone's like committed and proactive. And some years it's tougher than others. And it's and that's OK, you know, because like the next year it could be even better. And I always say it's kind of like a relationship. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you're spending that much time together, it, it definitely becomes that and and like you said, with family, you know, you do have your brother on in your band, but you also have, you know, now uh, four other brothers that yeah. are part of your band. So, yeah. which is which is cool, and um, it seems like it's a good fit in in a sense. And um, I I think you guys got a good thing going, and and that's awesome. That that's that's the goal, you know, to create something that you know. That's initially a passion, and want and you want to transform that into a career. Yeah. Uh, what What's one thing that, you know, one moment, one person, or one you know time where you guys really um, hit hit a stride, or something that really um, was a catalyst for you guys? I guess. Yeah. Um. I don't know. That question is pretty hard because even like the years where I don't think we hit a catalyst or we hit like a goal or we did something big, you know, my band's always like, yeah, but like, you know, it's important to look at where you used to be and where you are now. Like even just like getting into these venues that you never thought you'd play. And then like, you look back like two years, you were like begging to play there. And now you have a show there every three months. And I think it's easy to like look over those little things on the road and then to like forget how far you've come, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah, and uh, I guess maybe, you know, making sure that, you know, that you have a same mentality reg uh, regardless of the different things that change, you know, you guys stay stay solid, you know, I'm sure that's a difficult thing to do, but that's, that's something that as time changes, venues change, you know, people right. who are influencing you change, mm -hmm. you're still able to have that same core maybe value or or resolve as a as a group maybe. right yes but um yeah so um 
both you and your brother uh, have uh, are in this band. Uh, mm-hmm. Was this something that you grew up um, always being around music or or singing and things like that? How did how did um, this this come about uh, as you were a kid and as you were growing up? So me and my brother fought so much. Like my my neighbor I grew up with always says to me now, she's like, I would never guess in a million years that you two would be in a band together. Like we <laughs> fought all the time. He'd always tell me to shut up when I was singing. And I'd always like make fun of him when he was in bands. So we definitely did not get along. <laughs> yeah. And then in college, my dad was like, why don't you guys start a band together? And we're like, ugh. And then we did. Um, and like my brother now is my best friend and I feel really fortunate to like be able to see my brother every week, like three times a week. Cause I know that some siblings don't even live near each other. Um, but like my brother's like my best friend and my like right hand man. So I'm definitely very thankful for that. Yeah. And I think the band is, is so successful and, and stable because of me and my brother kind of not like being the foundation, but in a way, kind of, you know what I mean? Being yeah. like a team. Right, right. For sure, yeah. Um, and also, uh, so when you guys were in college, were you guys, was this, I'm assuming this started in college, so was this, um, you and your brother and, and all the members of the band, were they all at um, UNH? You went to UNH, right? Yeah. So four of us went to UNH. Um, Tom, the drummer, went to McNally Smith. So we went to high school with Tom. So he later joined the band. Um, but he's been in the band for like two years now, two or three years. Um, and then Diego met Richie at grad school in Boston. But all of us originally met. So I met Ryan, the trumpet player, through a mutual friend. And then he brought in Richie. And that's kind of how it worked. Okay, cool. So it was, But it definitely started in, in college, and that's why you guys had you know, that extra time, and did you, and you were just, like, playing around in, um, where is it based out of, New- in Manchester, is that where, No, uh, it's, um, Seacoast. Oh, Seacoast, okay. Yeah, so, yeah, we just, we had, like, practices in, um, like, dorm lounges. Okay, yeah, classic. That's how it started, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting, and you'd think in a college they'd have, like, you know, yeah. yeah, something where you guys could, use but yeah no that that always happens you know you got to make make do with what you have yeah which is cool it's cool so so um what i noticed also that you guys are doing that's really cool is um with your videos and with um different ways you guys promote each other i mean promote the band you Mm -hmm. have like uh one time you recorded live in a in what was it a library or something oh yeah it's book and bar it's a Rest, it's a like a cafe that sells books and you can get a beer. Okay, yeah. So you guys have kind of, you know, tried to do different things and um, to create, you know, was that like a recording of of your, like, did you record in that, was it like a studio of some sort or? No, we just like set up mics and stuff like that. Okay, nice. Just recorded it live, yeah. Yeah. So, um. That that's really cool. Uh, was there? Where do you guys do your actual recording? Do you have like do you have to rent out studio time and things like that? Yeah, yeah, studio time. Um, so we recorded this fall at Dimension Sounds in Jamaica Plain with a guy yeah. named Dan Cardinal. So we recorded with him. Um, so yeah, that's where we and that was like a real studio, obviously. Yeah. 
Yeah, interesting, interesting. So, are there, um, you know, any other types of hobbies and interests that you have or you know that other people in your band are up to? Um, Because I I think that when you're in a band or you're expressing yourself creatively, Mm -hmm. I mean, you are limiting your time to do other things, but something like that also sparks, you know, other interests. You're around a lot of creative people, which which yeah. I think is really cool. And you get to see maybe um, a lot of nice art, a lot of different, you know, people who are doing sim- similar things to you guys. Right. Um, yeah, I I think as a whole, the band, we all love food. So, like, whenever we travel together, we definitely all, like, seek out, like, cool restaurants and cool food. I think that's, like, a pretty, like... Um, general consensus. Um, I work in a restaurant, and like I'm kind of like a foodie. Okay. So that's definitely like a band thing we do. Like yeah. in New York, we go to like cool restaurants. Um, I travel a lot. I like to travel. Like when bands slow, I go like in the winter and stuff like that. So that's one of my hobbies for sure. Okay. Uh, what kind of what kind of the places uh, were your favorites? Uh, so you've traveled across different countries and things like that what kind of places um i like have liked them all (laughs) um some of like my favorite ones i've been like recently i really loved i just went to cuba and i loved it um i loved morocco um i love peru i think like in these places the culture is really rich and everyone's so nice and it's I think it's really awesome to just be in a culture that's completely different from your own and you don't understand the language. And I think you like connect with people even more than when you're in like a westernized maybe. Yeah. See where they all probably speak English and they all, you know. Yeah, they're they're less in Amer- in the US, uh people are less interested in what you have to say because they know everything you're going to say almost. So it's it's interesting to kind of get a point of view or someone ask you your point of view because yeah. you're in, you know, a totally different culture. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I've definitely, that's something I've been very interested in as well. Um, I think, you know, I don't know how long you've been able to stay in, in a specific area, but it seems like the, the more you stay in a place, it seems like you really really immersing yourself in that culture and you get even more out of it. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, it's definitely something that, you know, every time you travel, it seems like you get, maybe you learn something new or you, um, I don't know, it seems like the the human race is really enjoys new experiences and like the band is for you guys, you're always you know, having new experiences, the yep. same, the same can go for traveling, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think when you travel, I lived in France for five months. That was probably the longest I've ever been like immersed in a culture. And I think it just teaches you like empathy really. And like, it teaches you that every human is the same. Um, no matter like what language you speak or like what color skin you have, everyone is the same. Everyone laughs and everyone has the same, like, you know, tears. Yeah. Um, and I think it's really cool when to embrace like the differences. And when I go to different um, countries, I always try to pick up like um, 
some instruments. So like percussion instruments, I think is really cool. That's kind of like how I tie into like my music aspect. I always bring home like something small that we can incorporate into a live show. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, so like, for example, what's, you know, a, an instrument that you brought back? Um, I brought back a pan flute from Peru. We haven't used that because that is really hard to play. Okay. Um, I brought back like claves from Cuba. And then I brought back, I don't know the name of them, but they're these little like percussion little cymbal thingies from Morocco. All right. That we use. So yeah, if you come to like shows, you can definitely see like the, the different instruments we use. Nice. Yeah. And, and were you able to... Uh, was that something you also sought out as as far as like live music goes? Was that something that was part of what you were interested in as well? Say, what do you mean? When you traveled, you 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 bought those instruments, but did you also get a chance to uh, see any live music? I don't know how it works, I guess, but yeah, yeah. I mean, like Cuba for sure is music everywhere. Like there's music everywhere you go, Cuba. Um, and I remember walking down the street. And I like, we saw a band playing, and I think it was like the most beautiful voice I've ever heard. Just, <laughs> he, like, literally the best thing I've ever heard in my life. Um, and I think that was awesome. Just chilling on the street? Yeah, they yeah. just play like every day at like outside a hotel. Yeah. Uh, and they just like play like Cuban music. Um, definitely Cuba was super rich in music, and I was really excited to see all that. Yeah. That's interesting. I I remember uh, one time. Well, I, when I was in Spain recently, uh, they had a festival that was a week long, and what they did was they brought in, they would bring this guy around with a boombox and this uh like, I don't know, some type of um, you know, piano set, and and this other guy with a uh, what looked like a uh, it was probably a tuba. It was so big, but they were just like playing this music, and then they'd move on to the next street and just like wake people up at like nine in the morning. Oh, it was crazy, but uh, yeah, you know that that's really cool. You were able to just walk the streets. I know that Cuba has some really cool um, architecture and and like old style. Um, you know, they got car, old cars, and everything like that. Yeah, I'm sure that was a really cool experience. You were in Havana. Yep, I was in Havana, and then, like, we went to Vinales, which is, like, a country part where they grow all the tobacco. Yeah, that's interesting. Super beautiful country. I'm sure when you were in France, the countryside was amazing, too. Oh, yeah, I was in south of France, which is, like, the prettiest part of France. <laughs> okay. In my opinion. And you were just studying abroad there, I'm guessing? Yep, just when okay. I was in college, yeah. All right. That's interesting. Were you like a, did you major in a, like, history or, or, or anything related to France? Or? So I minored in French, and then my major was a dual, I had two majors. It was political science and international affairs. Okay, so yeah, that works perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> so were you able to, how, how, how uh, well were you able to communicate in France? Um, well, I studied Spanish when I was in high school, um, so I just started taking French in college, um, but I loved French. Um, I think, like, by the end of it, I was, like, I was able to, like, comfortably walk around, understand everything, talk back. I mean, I obviously wasn't as advanced as, advanced as 
people who were there who like studied it in middle school and um, high school, but I definitely like could could stand my own, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, I'm sure that that gives a whole new dimension. Um, okay. And uh, when you're studying abroad, it's it's a little bit it's kind of difficult from what I've been told because you know you're you're obviously immersed in the culture, but there's obviously that you know not temptation, but you gravitate towards people who speak your language and. And yeah. when you're surrounded by, you know, your fr- not friends, but like others uh, from the U.S. who are, you know, doing the same abroad program, it can be tempting to be like, you know, just feel comfortable speaking English in 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 France. But. Yeah, definitely. We the best thing to do is stay with a host family, and you know, I only spoke French at home, so that really pushes you. Yeah. So so, yeah. so the so the. Uh, the host family, uh, it was just, it was just you, or were there multiple uh, abroad students with with that family? Um, originally it was just me with an older woman, just like a widow, um, just me and her. And then something happened, an X, Y, and Z happened, and another girl joined me. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's something you know. Being there, being there for five months, you you get so you get so much extra. So yeah, I mean that's something I definitely would want. I wish I studied abroad. I didn't get to, but yeah, um, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. So you got your album coming up, mm-hmm. and um, you got, you know, you what kind of show? What what are the most recent ones that you have had recently? You did. Um, what was it? The same weekend of Boston Calling, you guys had something going on, right? Yeah, we uh, we played at the um, Pasim Club in Cambridge on Harvard Square at okay. like their campfire festival, and that's like an awesome place. Um, I feel like uh, performing uh, during the day and outside, it, it's probably a really nice twist because usually you guys are you know inside at night. Yeah, we we played. Um, I think it was like Harvard Square Day or something for Pasim Club. They had like a stage, and that was outside. That was really cool. Yeah, it's just like definitely a different crowd. Like, I think when you're playing outside in like a non-venue, you grab the attention of people who usually don't go out to shows. Like, you know, when people go out to venues at night, usually they're like out seeking live music. So it's like a different audience. Yeah, it's they're maybe a little bit more they're not as used to it so they're a lot more responsive maybe as opposed to someone who's a pro at you know <laughs> seeking out those live music yeah yeah um yeah that's cool i mean i my personal experience with live music is uh you know it's not much i've only got that small opportunity to live in boston um and uh but it seems like you know with the live performances it's you get a total new um, perspective into the band, and yeah. um, how do you guys enjoy the live performances as a band? Um, I think everyone in general prefers the lives. Like, I think as a band, we are stronger as a live band than our recordings. I don't think our recordings have really um, shown our sound really well, and I mean it's like a two-legged game, like your live sound. A band could be an amazing recording band and their album's amazing and then they like just like are not great live and it could be the opposite and I think that we aren't 
the greatest set recording. Like we're not the great, the best recording artists, but we do put on a good show, I think. Um, and so I think our goal is to kind of do both really well. So that's yeah. our step, I think. That's interesting. And um, a lot of that uh, performance-based, you know, um, part of the band, that a lot of that kind of, I guess, just by default falls on your shoulders a little bit. So you kind of have to really bring it um, every night because you're doing most of the singing. Yeah. Do you kind of have to get in that zone and, and you know, maybe uh, take a few shots or, like, drink caffeine or something to get you hyped up? Or So I definitely don't take shots because I would not be able to sing. Um, I <laughs> don't drink before shows. Um, um, it's definitely a thing I struggle with. Like, some shows... You can get in your head and let it affect the rest of the show, and then the audience can tell you're not putting it all in, and you know you're not putting it all in, and the band knows you're not putting it all in, and that that sucks. And I think those are becoming more and more rare, and I think every band struggles with that. Um, I've just kind of, I put myself in a mindset recently that, you know, I always sing and perform like I'm singing to 500 people, even if it's just five people or 10 or 20, like... I'm always trying to put my mindset in that I'm singing to 500 people and also that, you know, people are coming out from their homes or driving even an hour or driving even two hours to come to our show and, like, they deserve, you know, they put in time to come see us. Like, I, you need to give that back to them and, like, give them what they need. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah so definitely, definitely. I understand. Richie, yeah. the guitarist always plays like he's gonna die the next day he's like i always play like this is my last show and that's <laughs> also a great way to think about it yeah that that's definitely a good mentality to have um do you i'm guessing you also get a lot of support from you know everyone else in the band are there any are there any other characters that really get into the performance and uh really take center stage um, I was say, like Richie the guitarist is pretty enthusiastic on stage. Okay. Um, he used to be like really enthusiastic and we we had to tone that down a little, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's I would say Richie's pretty enthusiastic. Yeah, that I mean, you got to have more, you know, just a little bit of support because otherwise I'm sure it can be draining for you. Um but do you guys uh, have any types of rituals or anything like that beforehand or at, or after the show? And um, I guess a little bit of inside info or like small little pieces that you could share uh, from behind the scenes about um, for for fans of uh, Gretchen and the Pickpockets. Um, we always, um, I think one of like our best shows. Or the- like, sometimes we don't always, like, gather around before a show, and I think when we kind of, like, meet all together and just, like, talk about, like, all right, let's go do this, you know? <laughs> I think those are the best shows when we're all, like, connected before we go on stage. Yeah, for sure. That That's always important, you know? You guys got to, you know... It's like it's like you're on a, you know, a sports team or something. You guys all get in there and, and you know, you, you have a someone pump everyone up and then get out there yeah exactly have you uh uh had any crazy stories have have there is there one uh night or performance that sticks out in your mind where something crazy happened and 
and you guys all talk about it or or uh, I think about it? Um, I mean, there's so many. I guess I don't really know. It's hard to like pinpoint one one thing. Any interaction with a fan or any like malfunction or something where something went wrong, but it was hilarious. I don't know. I'm just yeah. So we had like a show a couple years ago, and we were on our last song. And it had this like build up, and then right before we were like the biggest part of the song happened, we all cut out and then just play really like we just cut out and then we come back in like full like yeah full. yeah yeah. And right when we hit that spot, the power went out on stage, so all of a sudden we're just like all everyone's like strumming and there's no power and I'm <laughs> singing and nothing's coming out. We're like, what the heck is going on? Um, because like the, something happened and the generator blew out and so that was pretty embarrassing, but <laughs> I could laugh about that. Um, I think all of the, like the crazy stuff really happens when we're all driving home at night from shows. I think those are like the funniest stories we have, you know, just bonding in the, the car, you know? Yeah, I'm sure, you know, road tripping with a, a, a big crew can always get, interesting i'm sure i'm sure that has for some big stories yeah well thanks for uh coming on the show i appreciate uh you making your time because i know you know if you're in a band it's it's crazy especially on the weekend but um yeah so everybody definitely check out gretchen's uh, well, Gretchen and the Pickpockets, the whole band. You guys are on, obviously, you know, Spotify, SoundCloud, all those things, iTunes. Yeah. And keep a lookout for the new album, which is coming out in October. Yep, yeah, it's coming out in October. Um, we have a show in like two weeks in Boston. Okay. July eighth at the Great Scott. So that's like the next big show. All right. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks again, Gretchen. It was a pleasure to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. See ya. All right, everyone. So that was the interview with Gretchen of Gretchen and the Pickpockets. They got some great music. They got a lot of shows coming up, so definitely check them out. They they got a really cool sound with it. Their old feel, jazz, soul, rock um, music. So definitely, if you're around Boston, check their live shows out. Otherwise, you can check them out on Spotify, uh, YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, all those things. So so definitely check them out. And one thing about them, well, at least from what, what I understand from Gretchen, is that, you know, they're they're definitely a committed group you know they've been together for four years they're in different places but they're able to come together and they're continuing to grow they're making new music they added a sax player they're doing great things and they got a great mentality you know when you are committed to something like that and you put in the effort um with the mindset that you are going to make a career that is that mindset is what enables you to get past any obstacles you have because when you have that mentality you don't settle for anything less so i applaud them for the dedication and the commitment they have and also it seems like with the live show i was at and their their presence and videos and things like that 
they really have a passion and a chemistry with the with each other and like Gretchen said they do perform really well live so definitely check them out and keep doing what you're doing guys and thank you Gretchen for coming on the show all right guys so now for the next part of the podcast um I wanted to talk a little bit about some things I've been thinking about. I've been doing a lot of research and reading, things like that. Um, And I guess it's kind of related to what we were talking about um, with with Gretchen in in the sense that what, what they're doing is trying to really pursue what they're interested in and and do what they want. And over the weekend, I was watching the movie Fight Club once again, um, and I was pumped about it. Uh, if you guys don't know, I'm a big Fight Club fan, and I it is one of my favorite movies, and I mentioned it on the podcast before. But um, this time I was watching it, and one particular uh, quote came came to me. I need to read this book, to be honest. Um, because if you guys don't know, it was a book prior, um, to the film, but I gotta get my hands on that. I already got enough books in line, but I'll just add it to the, to the queue. But anyway, so this quote, um, I believe it was the narrator talking about Tyler and his passion and his plan and how he was able to lose distractions. And I think the roughly paraphrasing the quote was no fear no distractions the ability to make that which does not matter truly slide and to me that's really significant in the sense that when you have a goal in mind or you have something that you really are have your mindset on or just a general philosophy for life and how to live it when you're thinking about things, you can't be bogged down by your fears or or anything, any of the fog that is distracting you from what your goal is. So if you really focus, and we kind of talk I kind of talked about this a few episodes back, just talking about letting everything that doesn't matter slide. Really just letting everything go. And that that was when I talked about the the video of not giving a fuck. That that's a huge, huge concept I think that is very important. And what it reminds me of kind of is just how how difficult that is when you think about it. All the things that we subconsciously are doing, we're we're sa- we're sabotaging ourselves to to put obstacles in our way to do things because we're afraid of them and really just um, get in the way of what we really want. So, um, and part of that I think is, has to do with how we were raised and how we've gone through um, a lot of social conventions. So as, as we are kids, we're taught a strict regimen of rules so we're told to respect elders, listen to them, do what they say. We're, we're taught in by educators, teachers, parents, 
everyone who's older than us that we do what they say, we obey, and and we do not question. So the issue to me is a lot of people who we're listening to and and following rules from don't really know what the what's best for us or what they what they want to do or what they should be doing but they're telling us what to do to keep us compliant and keep us in line and what happens as a result of that is we aren't able to really express what we want and pursue that and so we go from a kid and we are we're told what to do we stay in line we go to school we obey all the rules we follow direction we don't question it we move on to the next step we're in college we're doing the same thing doing as we're told and then boom we're out we're out of college and it's time to get a job and we've been suppressing all the things we want to do we've been we haven't been thinking about um the different possibilities that we're able to do and pursue and instead we get a job where once again we're following rules we're in line we're we're obeying authority and this is an issue because what this is kind of doing is is creating people who are great employees and i'm sorry but if you look at people who are in you know jobs where they're an employee their whole life they're not as satisfied with what they chose to do as opposed to someone who decided no i i don't agree with authority and i don't agree with what i'm doing here so i decide to leave that and pursue my own those are the people who become the employers so the way the way the system works is to kind of put you in line and and set you up to be working a job your whole life as opposed to breaking free from that so i encourage you to kind of think about why am i doing this why am i doing something for somebody else is it because i want to do that or is it because i'm so used to pleasing other people making sure i am following the rules in a sense and that's been a big thing for me. I've always been on time. I've never really broken many rules. And it's been a real struggle to kind of think about things, think about why I'm doing it and kind of, wait, do I care about this? And if I don't, then I need to make sure I don't make decisions that aren't based on what I believe in or what I want. So that's just some food for thought for you guys. For me, it's it's really hard for me to focus on just not not getting lost and and just letting myself do things I don't want to do all the time because for me it's always been an issue being able to um you know, make sure I'm doing what I want. It's always been like I got to make sure everybody's happy, avoid conflict, things like that. But uh, I I really think when, when we really put ourselves in that mentality, yet a lot of times you come off feeling a little selfish and and you you have second you second guess yourself and things like that. But when you when you boil down to it 
and really just sit down and say, what do I need? And just, what do I need? Write it down. What do I need? And then you look around your room. You look around. You look at all your possessions. You look at all the things you're doing. Look at all the people who you're interacting with. The commitments you have. Everything you have. All the materialistic things. All that. Look at it all and then say, list off what do I need. Absolutely need. Do that and make that list as small as possible. And let everything else fall by the wayside. Including decisions you make. And that just clears everything out. And then what's left is an amazing gap full of possibility. Alright everyone, and on that note, that's our show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thanks again to Gretchen for coming on the show. And one other thing that I wanted to mention is, uh, if you guys are looking at the website and checking that out, we have all the episodes, the show notes that we post Um, And then I also like to post a blog of random topic that I'm interested in, usually once every month. And I'm trying to kind of expand and create more of those type of blogs or or just random blogs. But um, I'm interested in kind of getting other people involved, anybody who likes to write or is interested in in different... um, inspirational ideas and topics so if any of you guys are interested in writing I don't know how I would work it out as far as um, you know compensation for you guys but I'm definitely interested in hearing if anybody has any ideas they'd love to share with me or write about and include on my website I'd love to talk to you guys about it so if that's true let me know Um, I'm available on email and all those type of things. So check me out and message me. Alright guys, that's our show. Thanks for listening. And we're going to send you off with an original track by Gretchen and the Pickpockets. It's called Sweet Sweet Love. I've been feeling empty And I know why Cause I haven't got you by my side Every morning Waking up alone I just wanna cry Wanna cry 
is a man, your sweet love. Your sweet, your sweet, your sweet. 